happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Absurd podcast. It's your host here, Tiffany, aka Opinionated Stem, coming to you with another clinical research study that I found to be pretty interesting that I want to share with you. This is actually my second week doing a study that's based in Australia, so I think it's a sign that I need to go to the land of down under, but that's neither here nor there. So let's just kind of start with icebreaker okay so i'm going to give you some names and you kind of let me know what you think they all have in common if anything i'm going to go with henry the eighth napoleon um let's see who else i want to say kanye west mark zuckerberg i feel like if i had to say this other name is going to give it away so i'm going to save that for last um ted bundy i'm gonna throw some women in there too because i don't want to be biased um, Madonna, Kim Kardashian, Naomi Campbell. I'm biased because I love that girl on the catwalk. But um, and the last one I'm going to name, which is going to give it away, Donald Trump. What do you think all of these people have in common besides being famous or notorious, uh, depending on how you look at them? I'm going to go with one word narcissist at one point in time or even self-proclaimed they have been called a narcissist okay and so i actually came across this um post in reddit so shout out to reddit um for that uh, information in the science uh, community that i'm in and is an article that i saw in psychology today and it was titled relationship strategies of the smartest narcissist <laughs> right um and so let's talk about how they even is there a strategy is there a method to their madness of being a narcissist um the original uh title or the original publication was in um i i think it was in science direct i think that's the publication it was in and it was entitled intelligence grandiose narcissists are less likely to exhibit narcissistic rivalry and don't worry we're going to get into that too about what that means. So these two researchers, one from the University of Western Australia and another one in collaboration with um, a faculty of psychology at the University of Warsaw in Poland. Um, And so, you know, in psychology, obviously narcissism is something that's, I think, going to be looked at until the end of time, right? You really want to know what someone's uh, psyche is when they act the way they do. So um, the, oh, actually I'm lying. It was not science direct. I want to correct that. So the issue was personality and individual differences. That's the name of the publication. And this came out in July of 2023. Um, but this study suggests that greater intelligence and grandiose narcissist um, is associated with lower narcissistic rivalry and higher narcissistic admiration. So let's kind of talk about what these uh, terms mean. So what is a grandiose narcissist? Well, according to researchers, they are self-absorbed, they feel entitled, engage in manipulative behavior, and the stereotypical narcissist is highly self-confident, assertive, thick-skinned, and arrogant. Now, who does that come to mind? The first person I thought was Donald Trump. That's who came to my mind. I think he's actually even proclaimed himself to be a narcissist, so I'm not saying anything bad about him. Um, So, you know, And there wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a research study if there wasn't a theoretical framework or model to base this research on, right? And so the model they use is the narcissistic admiration and rivalry model. Um, So we already know that a grandiose narcissist feels self-important and arrogant, right? But how do they generate? 
How do they generate and maintain such this inflated sense of self, right? And and how do they attain this high social status? Like, right? If we know somebody is a narcissist and we're like, you know, which we think is a negative trait, how do they how do they achieve this success, right? So according to this model, there are two strategies to um, this narcissist. One, there's narcissistic admiration. This strategy refers to the agentic side of narcissism, right? It involves garnering admiration through self-promotion, self-enhancement, and according to uh, these strategies, some examples are wearing stylish brand clothing, exaggerating one's abilities and accomplishments, and behaving in a confident and charming way and entertaining others. Now, so when I thought about that, I was like, well, that doesn't give me Donald Trump at all. Um, but what I what I did get was, okay, I could see that in Mark Zuckerberg, right? So I could kind of see that, you know, he's a narcissist narcissism where we know that he is he thinks highly of himself, but he doesn't really come off as that when he's, you know, out in public and, you know, speaking with other people and doing his charity work and things like that. So narcissistic rivalry. This strategy refers to an antagonistic, self-defensive side of narcissism. So when self-promotion and self-enhancement don't lead to anything, right? You're getting nothing from that. Like you're trying to be nice in public. You want to be a great person. You want to be admired. It's not working. So what do you go to? You will try to undermine others. And the way that you do that is verbal abuse, uh, ridiculing people, insulting people, emotional abuse your gaslight and your bully, and even physical violence. I'm just gonna go with January 6th. We're talking about that now because they're all in court. So the first person that came to my mind for that was Donald Trump. So we have these two narcissists, right? In this main category, but you see how they both act different and how that is perceived by the public. And so I thought this was very interesting. So I said, let me keep digging further. So what this study did is they looked at the relationship between intelligence and narcissistic admiration and rivalry. And so uh, this was done, I, most of the students I think were in Australia, no, all of them were. So they were undergraduate students and then they threw in some adults in um, the local community. So the average ages were, well, actually the range was 17 to 35. I think the average age might've been in the early twenties. So here's what this study actually found, right? And I'm not gonna to go too deep into it, but I gave you the official title. So feel free to go back and look into all of the data points that they made. But I'll tell you more about that as well, because even though this is a clinical research study, it was non-experimental. But so smarter narcissists are more likely to be accomplished and successful, which could reduce the need to devalue others to feel good about themselves. Right. So does that make sense to everybody? So if I already know that I'm doing great, I still feel good about myself. Right. I think I'm, I may even think that I'm better than others. And I may even know that financially and, you know, style wise and, you know, things that I've attained, tangible things that I've attained. But when I come and meet you, I already know I have those things. So it does me no value to diminish who you are as a person or make you feel less than me. Right. So think about that. Right. Again, Mark Zuckerberg, I'm not saying that that's who he is, but he gives me that he knows he's successful. He, he knows that his IQ is off the charts. Right. And so he doesn't need to to undermine anybody to say how smart he is and how successful he is. Right. Um, and so and this is what they said, not me, much like smart psychopath Ted Bundy. 
Okay. Intelligent narcissists may be effective at playing whatever role is necessary. He definitely did that. Um, such as that of somebody who's cooperative, friendly, empathetic, validating, or even forgiving in order to achieve popularity, power, and status goals. Now, you know, we can all talk about it because everyone I mentioned have been celebrities in a notorious or um, famous way. But you can apply this to others. I'm pretty sure we talk about this, especially in the workplace, um, about people who we think have a narcissistic behavior. Um, and, you know, I think it happens to everyone. I don't know that everyone has that behavior. I don't think that I believe that everyone has a narcissistic behavior because I don't think confidence and narcissism are the same in any and it's apples and oranges to me when it comes to that. Um, but you can apply this too, because again, this research study did not use famous people. Um, so they looked at in this study, 422 participants. Again, um, I told you that they use mostly undergraduate students. They did use, I think 59 who were local adults in the community. Um, but I am interested to know, how did, what did that consent form look like? Um, did you tell me in the consent form like we're doing a study on narcissist because what type of personality do you have to say yes I want to participate it had to be psych students right I can't imagine I don't know I just feel like if somebody came up to me and said we're doing this research study on narcissism would you like to participate I feel like me saying yes already kind of gives that sense of self right like yeah let me do it right you, you need me in this one um, so, you know, that's what the, in the, in the end, right? So in the end for this study, what they show is that narcissists with higher IQs are probably not as selfless, not even compassionate and not as kind as we see them in public. The issue or the strategy, not the issue, the strategy is they are smart enough to know that they are successful and they're happier in their lives than probably the average person. So there's no need for them to come off arrogant and bullying or gaslight you like there's just no need for it they're always going to be happy they're going to dress down they might drive a volkswagen beetle or prius or whatever you know what i mean some nice um fuel efficient car because they don't need to do that right um and so it kind of just says you know it absolves me of that even responsibility of having to do that to myself why stress myself out right um so and you know what that means is they're more mindful of the social strategies they need to do to maneuver in society to still be admired right without having to be negative and bullying and all of those things now i do want to say um one that mark zuckerberg has an iq of 152 i think i read um and i think what this study said, I think the average IQ might be 120. I think it's 120, 100 to 120, like one, one of those um, ranges. But what this study found is that if it's in that range, so beyond, so it has to be like highly intelligent narcissist, right? So anything, um, anything below that. So if it's like in the 115, 120 range, um, it kind of just starts diminishing what those strategies are to become like a uh, narcissist, um, narcissist in terms of admiration or rivalry, right? So when you get that higher IQ up into the 140s, 150s, 160s, that's when those strategies really come into play. Um, so what this suggests then is that, okay, so now we know, well, there's still famous narcissists who aren't in the 150s or 140s who may be in the 120s and they're very, very successful. Well, here's what they said in the research. You can gain 
objective intelligence, which means you're successful. So you, you may be a model, you may be an entertainer, you may be an actress, you may be a business owner, entrepreneur, any of those things, right? I didn't mention Elon Musk, but I'm pretty sure he would want me to mention him. So you got it. All right. I already name dropped you last week as well for your Tesla. So there you are. Um, so here's the thing. This study also went to acknowledge a few limitations. And if you have a good research study and you don't have limitations, I'm judging you because every research study has limitations. No study is perfect. Just like no person is perfect, even though narcissists think they are. Um, so they said that this study was non-experimental in nature, meaning they didn't manipulate the participants, right? So they didn't maybe tell you like, this was something that you did and it was good, right? Or give you some admiration. They didn't do any of those things to manipulate your feelings or your value or your self-worth. So, um, and they didn't include a measure of perceived success, um, right? So I think they had like three measures and what they did was a self-intelligence questionnaire, um, I think one was called a paper test. I was like, what was that? I was trying to read into it, but it was too much for me before um, coming to record this. Um, but you know, and so it did have its limitations, but I, I do think, and there, there have been many, many, many for decades papers on narcissistic behavior, but I just thought this was interesting in how the more intelligent you are, how you use actual strategies and how you want to be perceived. And so that's, you know, the difference. Now, here's the thing, right? Because Trump, um, his IQ to this day is still debated. He claims that it's 156. Some others have claimed that, but then you have to put it into context of what it was at the time, because um, I think he, he did graduate from Wharton, but he also transferred. So for those first two years, and I did read it, but I didn't even, I don't know because I didn't confirm or validate the information I saw, but I did see his uh, grades from the previous institution he went to, and he definitely was not an intelligent person according to the grades that I saw. But again, um, according to, I think his SAT score and, you know, his Wharton school, based on that, I think that's how his IQ was calculated, but he's never produced any type of um, confirmation um, or validation that that's what his IQ was. However, despite all of that, despite all of that, um, this is what Trump said in a tweet in 2013. Um, it's a quote, sorry losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest and you all know it. Please don't feel stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. If that's not narcissistic rivalry, right? Bullying, gaslighting, insulting, name calling. I mean, but here's my thing. So this study talked about objective intelligence. You know, when you achieve great things in life, right? That that could be your intelligence as well, how you can get that narcissistic admiration. So you would think lower IQs. And when I say lower, I don't mean below average. I just mean lower IQs in terms of intelligence on the scale, right? So again, 160s, 150s, 140s, those are highly intelligent. Once you get into the 100s, 120s, that's kind of average or above average, you know, kind of creeping up there. What is a greater achievement than being the president of the United States? That is the highest achievement that, you know, when, you, when you're little kids, what do you want to be? A president? firefighter, a nurse, a doctor, a teacher, right? These are like those main things that kids want to be. Now it's different. They want to be gamers and all of those things, which I think is great. Technology is amazing. But there's a person in the world who is a self-proclaimed narcissist who does all of those things, but, and, but claims are highly intelligent, right? Claims are highly intelligent, yet they still 
they still use the strategy of a narcissistic um, rivalry person, right? So it's just kind of interesting that, hmm, makes you think, right? Um, and I, I think when I read, I think Obama was 155. Um, and then I had read this other article, kind of skimmed through it when it was in support of Trump and how high his IQ was. And then it mentioned in the article that they weren't going to, um, that Obama's was too low because, you know, it wasn't worth mentioning. It was literally 155. But anyway, so, you know, that's that's just what one of those interesting things. And so that's going to wrap up this episode. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, when we think somebody's a narcissist, we kind of put them in this one box. But this kind of opened my eyes to another uh, concept that, you know, the more intelligent you are, you may use social strategies or what I call social cues. Maybe they get the social cue. If I act nice, maybe I'll get this, right? Um, and then I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg does behind closed doors. And even all of the people that I mentioned, right? They do charitable work. And so, you know, it's it's not really about that. It's kind of how you are perceived. And sometimes your self-awareness and self-acceptance of yourself isn't validated unless someone does that for you. Um, but again, that's a whole nother conversation, right? That's like some self-help talk. And I'm not a self-help person, right? That's for the psychologists out there and psychiatrists. Um, so this is going to end my episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, let me know what you think. Again, as always, please share. Uh, let me know what you think. Drop some comments. Um, all those good things. And let's get the word out there, right? Like, I mean, come on. We're all in clinical research. Um, we know that it is a serious, serious business, but also we need to have fun with it, right? We need to show other people out there, especially the young generation coming up. I want them to say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a clinical research professional. Can you imagine a kid saying that? I actually went, um, I love doing this, though I haven't done it in some years, but I love going to schools and talking about regulatory. They literally look there like, what? is that but you know the first thing they ask you make a lot of money that was the first thing they ask right um so you can't give it away but you know to them if you make twenty thousand dollars right that'll be a lot to them to some of them because then now they do finance and economics and stuff so they kind of know about money too um but when you tell them well you can make this much money right and this is like a career you want to go in um they kind of get excited and want to know more about it and i actually have this is so interesting and I never really like show it to anybody, but, and I say this, I don't even know how old this is. I'm going to shout out uh, my friend, Courtney um, Barton, who invited me to her charter school years ago in Harlem, where I did a career day. And I kept Courtney all of the letters that the kids sent me, thanking me for coming to talk about regulatory. So there's that. Anyway, so that being said, um, I'm going to sign off here and have a great one. This was episode eight. Let's keep it going. Celebration. Every victory is a victory. Okay. So let me know what you thought about this uh, study. I'm going to go with, this might be my first triple header here because I think it's good, bad, and absurd. Good in that I'm totally interested. Bad in that the narcissist, the narcissism of it all. Okay. And then absurd because it's like, wow. Wow. But um, I think I think I think it's actually I'm leaning more on good just because I'm actually interested in, in this. But I, I can only imagine that narcissists actually love research being done on them. Right. So um, with that being said, I'm going to sign off and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.